to you about a tale of four seeds. A tale of four seeds. The parable we're about to read from, Jesus said, if you can understand this parable, then you can understand all of them. This parable is foundational to understanding every other parable of Jesus. This is the first one I've ever, I preached out of when I began to preach the Word. This is the very first message I preached was this parable. But let's look at Mark chapter 4, 3 to 9. And again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he had to get into the boat and sit in it and push away into the sea. And the whole multitude was gathered on the land facing the sea. And of course, the water was helping carry his voice to this huge crowd. It says, then he taught them many things by parables or stories and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened that as he sowed, that some seed fell by the roadside. Now he's given four destinations for this seed. Watch carefully. I've got them underlined. The first seed fell by the roadside. What happened? The birds of the air came and devoured it. Then it says, some fell on stony ground. What happened? It didn't have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Then, verse 7, some seed fell, and we kind of missed something there, but it says thorny ground. And the thorny ground choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, you better hear. That means understand what you're hearing. Don't just hear it, but understand what you're hearing. How many of you want ears to hear? Now notice before you're seated out of those four things, four seeds, three of them ended up negatively. Three of them ended up not bearing fruit. Three of them did not do well. Only the fourth one did well. Very important to the parable. How many of you want to be the one that does well? All right, I'm going to share on this for four weeks. I'm going to be talking about a tale of four seeds today, the seed sown by the roadside. Father, thank you for your word. and We pray that you will bless it. Lord, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to touch this. And I'm asking you to open our understanding. And everyone here or listening by radio with a hard heart, Lord, break open that heart and minister to it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Let me, let me just get right into this today. Uh, let, me, let me break the parable down and tell you what it's comprised of. First of all, Jesus Christ is the sower of the seed. He's the great primary sower. We as Christians are all sowers sent forth under Him to sow the gospel. If you're a believer, you're a sower. God has put the seed of the gospel in your hand, and you're to go out and sow that seed. And you do it every day, whether you know it or not. Now, the third thing about this parable is the seed sown is His Word. That's the seed that is sown. It's His Word. The gospel of the kingdom is the seed. 
Right now I'm sowing seed, the Word of God. Now look what Peter said. Peter said, you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the Word of God. So the reason you're saved is somebody sowed seed, the gospel seed, and it fell on your heart, and your heart received it. And because your heart received it, you got saved. But it came in seed form. When it grows, it grows into love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, and faith, the fruit of the Spirit. That's the result of the seed sown. Now, in this parable, the soil, the ground, is the human heart. The ground is the human heart. Now, he's going to show us four kinds of human hearts or soils. He's describing them to us. Very important we catch this because everyone in this room is in one of these four categories right now as you sit there. The wayside soil is the first one, and we're going to deal with it today. The wayside soil is the light, flippant, indifferent hearer upon whom no impression is made. The word is sown, it falls on your hard heart, and it never takes. You're never saved. It's snatched away from you. Second soil is stony soil. This is the heart that exhibits a fleeting feeling at the appeal of the gospel, but no permanent impression is made. Notice, he says, these people, where it falls among gravel or stony ground, they receive the word with joy. But as soon as they encounter trouble, persecution, criticism, whatever, because of the word, it scorches the seed and they fall away. They walk away. And they don't bear any fruit. The third soil, the thorny soil, the heart that takes in the word, but it's so full of worldly cares, so full of problems, so full of distractions, that the Greek language says literally the word is choked or strangled in their life. And they bring forth no fruit. They're not fruitful. They're saved, but they never bear any fruit. There's no love, no joy, no peace, no long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. These people never put down roots and never really show fruit because the Word is continuously strangled and choked in their life by distractions. So they bear no fruit. Three negative endings so far. Finally, we come to the good soil that I want to be, and I know you want to be. He says the good soil is the good and honest heart. He calls it a good heart and an honest heart. The heart that receives and retains, keeps, holds on to the truth. And in this heart, the seed grows and new life is manifest and that person brings forth fruit. Jesus shared this parable to let the apostles and the later Christians know that they were going to encounter four different kinds of people as they minister the Word of God, sow the Word of God. You've probably already encountered every one of these people. You might be, you are one of these people. And so, again, the four kinds of soil or hearts the Word of God will land on are these. Roadside soil. Can you say it with me? Roadside soil. That's hard-packed, 
and unyielding, rocky soil, shallow and rough, where no roots are put down, thorny soil, filled with obstacles and hindrances, this person bears no fruit, and good soil, rich, yielding, and plentiful, this person bears fruit to the glory of God. The varieties of soils, these four soils, represent an assortment of responses to Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. So let me begin now with the roadside, the first soil, the roadside ground, the hard-packed soil. And I'm going to deal with one a week. Don't miss this because I believe God's going to be doing some, some changing, some rearranging, some restoring, some healing. The Bible says, as Jesus tells the parable, as the sower was scattering the seed, some fell among the roadside. And look what happened. The birds came and ate it up. Now this roadside that Jesus speaks about is the hard-packed soil that lay between the trenches made by a plow. We've all seen plowed fields, how they roll like this. The hard-packed soil is the soil in between the trenches that gets packed down where seeds fall on it, but it's so hard, it's so tough, it's so unyielding that they never penetrate, they never are received, they never go below the ground, and so they never take. They never produce anything. Now, remember, we're talking about hearts here. Jesus is using soil to describe hearts. So this kind of hard heart comes about for a reason. And I'm going to talk now about the hard heart. The heart that does not respond to God. The heart that does not receive the seed. The heart that does not produce fruit. It's a hard heart, unyielding heart, the roadside heart, the roadside soil. Where does a hard heart come from? How does this happen? Well, one, for sure, every time is sin. Sin will harden your heart to God. Sin will numb your heart to the voice of God. Sin will cause your heart to crust over, to harden, to set like cement, where when the seed is sown, your heart gets to the place because of sin that it does not receive the seed of the Word of God any longer. It just sits there until the birds of the air, which is the devil, comes and picks it out, picks it off, steals the Word away from your heart. Sin will do it every time. Sin kills your sensitivity to God. Sin destroys your walk with God. Sin desensitizes you to the voice of God. Sin gets you to the place where you get nothing out of the Word of God. You can open it and read it all day. But as long as you're in sin, it is a dead letter to you. A closed mind is another reason the heart becomes hard. Not just sin, but a closed mind. Now, I believe that Jesus knew who was listening to him. When you read the Bible, you read the New Testament, you see that everywhere he went, the Pharisees and Sadducees followed him around, waiting to trap him. These were individuals who Jesus himself said did not receive the Word of God, did not understand the teaching of Moses, and were not godly and were not even saved. But they were the religious teachers. And... I think Jesus had them in mind when he talked about the seed that fell by the roadside. 
that was not received. These religious leaders had a closed mind, shut out to the truth of God. It's like they say, there's nobody as blind as he who will not see, will not see, because your mind is closed off. And when you close your mind off to God, Romans talks about not retaining God in your thinking, choosing not to retain God in your thinking. When you close your mind to God, it hardens your heart. Here's the truth about a closed mind. When it comes to the salvation of your soul, a closed mind is a good thing to lose. As a matter of fact, if you're going to lose your mind, lose the closed one. When it comes to Jesus Christ... See, let me tell you something. Don't close your mind to Jesus Christ. People all over America have closed their minds to Jesus Christ. And because they've closed their minds to Jesus Christ, our nation is galloping into darkness of the grossest kind. We are under assault because of individuals who have closed their minds off to Him. Let me tell you, you, those of you that have a closed mind to the Lord Jesus, you've already decided He's not for you. You need to look again. Because I assure you, if your mind is closed off to Him, it's because somebody told you something about Him instead of you reading the red ink yourself. Don't close your mind off to Jesus Christ. Open the mind of your door. Consider His sayings. Look at His teachings. Ponder what He said. Because Jesus Christ was the Son of God, is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and nobody talked like Him. Nobody said what He did. Nobody said, guess what? I am God wrapped in skin, and I came to save your soul from your sins. Don't have a closed mind to him. But there's another kind of person that you probably know quite well. Another kind of person whose heart is hard, and here's why. Because they are a know-it-all. The roadside ground can be the person who thinks they already know everything. You know what it's like to I hope you don't have one of those at home with you. Keep your eye up on me. Don't look at your spouse. Look it up at me. But watch this. In the know-it-all just so difficult because you can't tell them everything, anything because they already know it all. And you know what it's like to be around a know-it-all? Because you're afraid to bring up any topic because know-it-all already knows it all. And you're not going to get a word in edgewise because Mr. or Mrs. Know-it-all are going to give you a lecture about what they already know. And you don't want to go there. So all you do around them is gossip the gospel. You don't go into politics. You don't go into anything because know-it-all is going to read you the riot act. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Solomon, the wisest man on the earth, is telling us that it's easier to reach a fool than a know-it-all because they already know it all. Let me tell you who really did know-it-all. His name is J-E-S-U-S. If you want to get around a know-it-all, can I just brag on Jesus here for a minute? See, I, I've studied this for a long time. And I want to tell you that Jesus Christ was the greatest philosopher that ever trod earth. 
He's the greatest thinker of all time. My Lord, He created the mind that thinks. He created the eyes that see, the ears that hear, the heart that feels. Jesus created it. All things were made by Him, for Him, and through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that is made. When the stars were flung into space, God said it, Jesus amended it, the Holy Ghost executed it. When God made man, God said it, the, the Son amended it, and the Holy Ghost executed it. When you were going to get saved, God said it, the Son amended it, the Holy Ghost executed it. They move three in one. If you want to know a know-it-all who won't give you a bad time with it, Go to Jesus, for in Him is wrapped up all the wisdom of the Godhead bodily. He is the wisdom of God wrapped in skin, the light of the world, the bread of life. He is everything you need to know. It's found in Him. And the roadside also pictures the person whose mind is shut to the truth of God. I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't want it to be true. They don't want it to be true. Listen to what Jesus said about people and why they rejected him. He said, this is the judgment that is coming on the world, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Most people who give you an intellectual reason for why they don't believe in Jesus, that's not really the reason. They've got enough smarts to come up with some kind of an intellectual objection to it. But the bottom line is they love their darkness, love their sin, love their rebellion, love their vices, love the darkness more than the light, so they don't want it to be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. This is the word of Jesus Christ himself. He said, let me tell you the problem of the human race. They love their darkness. That's why you can be out in public and say Buddha, say Krishna, say Muhammad, any of that. Nobody cares. But when you say Jesus, it's like cockroaches scattering when you turn a light on in a kitchen. Why? Because there is power in that name. There is light in that name. There is anointing in that name. There, there is, that name is like an x-ray. And I know because I have come under that name. I can remember running from God, wanting my darkness, loving the darkness, even though I knew it was destroying me. But I didn't want the light. And I, and, and I knew if I got around them, that is the Christians, with their Bibles, I would be extremely uncomfortable because you carry light. Didn't, didn't Jesus say that? You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. No man lights a candle and puts it under a, a, a plant where you can't see it, but he puts it on a lampstand so that it gives light to all that are in the house. This is why some people won't come to a church like this. They'd rather go to a church that never talks about sin, never reads the Bible, never does any of that, so that they are comfortable in their darkness.
But I tell you, the time is short. There is a verse that haunts me. And the verse is in Jeremiah, and it says, The shadows of the evening are lengthening. Our nation is under attack. Darkness is creeping across this land. The reason I'm preaching this message is if there was ever a time for Christians to be Christians, to be fruitful, to be bold, to speak up, to stand up, to take your stand, to not be ashamed of Him, to not back down, to not stay in the closet, but to come out of the closet, everything else is, you might as well. Come on out, Christian. It's now. We're in a battle for our life, for our freedom. I tell you before God, right now we better stand up. You better get vocal. You better be who God's called you to be. Wrap yourself in your destiny. Wrap yourself in the power of God. Don't be afraid to say the name of Jesus and take a stand for Him. I hope you're hearing me. If you're on this, this hard soil of your heart is hard, I hope to break it up today. I hope to break your heart. Romans 1 talks about those who suppress the truth. Push it down. Our nation is working overtime to push it down. Don't let them do it. 2 Timothy 4 says the day is coming when they will not endure Bible teaching. Sound doctrine. They will not endure it. They will not want to hear it. They will search for teachers because they have itching ears and they want to be taught what feeds their flesh and not convicts their heart. I tell you, come out from among them. Don't be among them. God is softening the heart of His people so that the least nudge of His Spirit, we're sensitive to it and we hear it and we are mighty in spirit as was John the Baptist and as was Jesus Christ. We are mighty in spirit. Jesus said, He who practices the truth gladly comes to the light so that His deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. When you're walking in the light, you say, Hello, Jesus, good morning. When you're walking in the light, you say, Good night, Jesus, I love you. When you're walking in the light, you want to go where the light's shining. When you're walking in the light, you long for the light. When you're walking in the light, you want the light to get brighter. And that's how God describes you. He said, The path of the just is like the shining light that shines more and more until the perfect day. Get ready. Those that are walking with Him are only going to get brighter. Amen. Amen. Now Jesus made it clear that this roadside soil, this roadside seed, the problem is the Word of God makes no penetration. The roadside heart is self-sufficient, self-satisfied, self-righteous. They feel no disgrace or remorse. The hard heart no remorse for their sins or for their sluggishness towards the things of God. They don't care. Their heart's hard. They're desensitized to the voice of God. This kind of soil does not allow the turning of the mind towards spiritual things. This heart feeds on earthly things because it doesn't turn to spiritual things. The roadside soil symbolizes 
the rebelliousness of people who listen to the good news of God's salvation through Christ. But it makes no impression on their heart. They allow the Word of God to go in one ear and out the other. They listen, but they never respond. They'll come up to me and pat me on the back. Good word, pastor, for years and never change. They're like the man sitting next to the screaming speakers at a rock concert who, when asked how he can stand the noise, says, I've sat here so long, I can't hear it anymore. There are people who are deaf to God's voice through hard hearts, roadside hearts. They're deaf to the voice of God. And this is tragic. They're numb. Their, their heart has been seared so they can't hear the Word of God. I, I'm, I'm being honest with you today, truthful with you today. I'm telling you what Jesus talked about. Jesus pointed out that the roadside hearer lacks understanding. That's one of the problems. He said, when anybody hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. They hear it, but they don't get it. The light never comes on in their mind. They hear it, but they just don't get it. They never make the connection. That's about me. I need to do that. I need to respond to that. That word's for me. You know, I've been pastoring for close to 27 years. One of the amazing things I've noticed through the years is that the hard heart on the roadside is often found among lifelong churchgoers. So how could that be? Billy Graham said, the greatest harvest field in the world is the church. Lifelong church folks, this, this roadside heart, roadside soil that's never impacted, never affected. When a doctor wants to protect a person from a disease or a pathogen like the flu, he'll inject them with a weakened form of that same disease-producing pathogen in order to create immunity to the disease. That's why you go get a flu shot. They give you a little bit of flu. And that way, when the flu comes around, you don't get all of it because you have been immunized. You have been inoculated. And so you're immune to the flu. You're immune to polio. You're immune to many things you've been inoculated for. You've been inoculated. And can I tell you, that's exactly what happens with some people in the Word of God. Some folks get immunized to the Word. Immunized to the Word. They've received a weakened form of Christianity through the years. A small dose here, a small dose there. Christianity light. A verse here, an occasional verse there. Just enough to get them used to hearing that word without being changed. Just enough to get used to hearing the word repent, used to hearing the word walk in the Spirit, used to hearing the gospel. They're so used to hearing it it doesn't affect them. They're immunized. You say, well, then why in the world do they come to church? Well, they like the social setting of the church. Some of them come because they like being around certain people. Some of them enjoy the way a particular preacher preaches the Word. 
like the way he sweats or moves or shouts or whatever. Or attending a religious event takes a little bit of the sting off their conscience. So they go to a religious event to try to feel better about themselves. But it never takes. Are you ready? This one, this first seed, is talking about those who are never saved. Jesus points out that this kind of attitude, this roadside heart, is in danger of the attack of Satan. They will be attacked. When individuals who hear the good news of Jesus Christ refuse to repent, here's what Jesus said. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and steals away the word that was sown in them. I have a, I love critters. I've been that way since I was a little kid. My mother used to be very afraid to look in my lunchbox when I got home because I'd have lizards, snakes, frogs, anything in the world. I have several bird feeders out back now. Every morning I fill these bird feeders with bird seed. And I like sitting out there and watching them come. And I just, I, I, I don't want to say I fellowship with them. Because you'll go out of here and say, well, that preacher, he's talking to birds. But I love being around them. And here's what I've noticed. A couple of my bird feeders are right over the patio. And so invariably that bird seed is, spills on that ground, falls onto that cement, and the first thing they go for is the seed that's on the cement. And they snatch it up. And I don't have to worry about sweeping it or using a blower to get it off because they swoop down on that seed and they peck it off before they do anything else. Jesus said that's what the devil does with hard hearts and the Word. He's moving. He's always watching. He knows the condition of hearts. He doesn't know everything like God, but He knows the condition of your heart. And when the seed of the Word of God falls on a hard heart, Jesus said Satan is right there. He's in this service right now, hoping that there are certain hearts that don't get this. By the time you get home, He's going for the Word you heard. To steal it out of your heart. And these people, they'll hear the gospel, they hear it and they hear it, and the devil says, well, I know them, they've got a hard heart, I'll just go peck it off right there, I'll just go get it, and snatch it away, and steal it away, and they come under a satanic attack. And here's what happens, on your way home, or once you're home, you're going, well, you know, I've heard all that before. And I know people that are really good people, and they're not Christians. I don't think I need to get into all that church stuff. And I don't think that, and you don't realize that it's not just you thinking. You've got somebody there thinking with you. Most of the battles in life happen between your two ears. And you go, you know, I, I like going. I like some of the people there. I like the way that preacher sweats and screams. But you know what? That's just, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay in the middle. I'm going to, I'm going to go on Sunday and, and, and I'm going to go do what I want on Monday. I'm going to live the way I want. You know, this is just one of several options. There's other gods, other ways, other religions. I don't have to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You sure don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you got it, man. <laughs> the seed is stolen. Impressions that are not deep will not last. Many of these people, these roadside hearers, 
They continue on in a hollow, false religion. And one day they die and they go down to hell. And yes, I said hell. Because Jesus said, hell. These roadside hearers are moved but not changed, informed but not transformed. They hear but they don't understand. Now, I've got good news. I'm going to close with this. She's like, Pastor, I think I've got a hard heart. I, I think my heart's crusted over and hard. I, I think I, I'm concerned listening to this message. There's hope for the roadside heart. You want to know what the hope is? Your heart's ticking right now. You've still got hope. As long as you're alive, there's hope. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm alive. I have now. Now listen to Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12. Here's the answer for the roadside heart. It's very simple and brief, and I'm going to close. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Hosea says, plow up the hard ground of your heart. Well, how do I plow it up? He says, plant the good seeds of righteousness. You know what this is right here, this Bible? This Bible is a light, but you know what it is when your heart's hard? It's a jackhammer. You open up this word and read it when your heart's hard, and you repent, it breaks open your heart. I hope today to break some of your hearts open to receiving the word of God. Now you say, oh, we mean a jackhammer. Listen to what God says. It's not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. That's what he said. This word is like a supernatural hammer that breaks the hard heart down where it's open to the word of God. Friend, don't allow your hard heart to remain that way. Jesus gave us this parable. And we're, next week we're going to look at that gravel the seed that falls among the gravel the stony ground and it's so good don't miss it but today are you moved by god's love are you stirred by the story of god's salvation since you've made your commitment to the lord is your heart tender and receptive to his call or is your heart like cement insensitive to his voice no matter how many times you hear the word of god it doesn't change you are you one of those that have been immunized and you hear his word without effect you're in a dangerous place. God can break your heart open today. Can we stand together? In the first service, there was a young lady, and she made a beeline down here at the end of the message, crying her eyes out, and I didn't know who she was. And she came up to me in the foyer in between the services. And she said, Pastor Jeff, I have been so far from God. I had a friend, she said, who was killed in the Wedgwood shootings years ago. And I walked away from God because I didn't understand she said, this is the first time I've been in church in years. And she couldn't 
even out here, it was still the Spirit of God all over her. Can you baptize me? Can you baptize me? I want to walk with God again. I've been so far. And this message just hit her between the eyes and it broke her heart in a good way. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor Jeff, I used to walk with God, but I've got to be honest, my heart's gotten hard, stony, cement-like. And I, I just, I'm not as sensitive as I used to be and I, I've, I've gotten away. Or maybe... You've heard the gospel before, and the devil snatched it out of your heart, and you never got saved. Today, you can be saved. And today, you can give your heart to God, and he will turn it into a heart of flesh, a heart that is open and sensitive to him. And believe me, it will make all the difference in the world in your life. You can say, Pastor Jeff, that's me today. And I need my heart touched by God, and I'm willing to let you pray for me. Would you raise your hand right where you are? I need him to take my heart. I see you. God bless you and you. I need him to touch my heart back there. Yes. I'm going to ask you to do something as we worship. I'm going to ask you to slip out from where you are. Say, why do I need to do that? Because, listen, as soon as you take a step, one step, your heart's going to begin to break in a good way. So I'm going to ask you to slip out from where you are. Say, I, Pastor Jeff, I just need the Lord. I want to give him my heart again. I want to give him my heart again. And I want to ask him to just give me that sensitive heart to God again. As we sing, you slip out and you come right now. You might need to bring family with you or a friend with you. But slip out and come right now.